Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 150. Can you believe it? 150. We've come a long way during this COVID crisis in America and around the world, and God has brought us through. We've lost many. And many have been sick, just like with other sicknesses, but God is still on his throne, and he is still Lord. He is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And over the next few weeks until Christmas, I'm going to be sharing with you starting next week about Christmas and Hanukkah and about the great celebrations in this holiday season. But this week, I want to center in on direction on God's direction for our lives and God's will for our lives. Because during this crisis, I have talked with so many, many men of God, many who are pastoring churches, many who are in leadership, and many fathers and mothers who have said to me, we have lost our way. We have lost our sense of rhythm. We have lost our sense of balance. We've lost our sense of direction. And is there any way that you could do some podcasts that could help us. And so not only we, but our children and our families and our congregations could listen. And so that's what I want to do. And I pray this will be guidance for all of us because at some time or another, we all lose our way. You can look through the scriptures and see the greatest men and women of God down through the ages, especially the men have lost their way. Look at Moses. Look at Joshua. Look at those who came after them, of course, the judges, and look at Saul and David and Solomon. Look at the kings of Israel and Judah, and even those who are held up in the New Testament as paradigms and templates for us. Yes, they are all clay, clay pots, clay vessels that are broken and need the redirection of God, the fixing, if you will, of their lives. None but the Lord Jesus, who is spotless, who is without guile, who is without blemish, who is altogether lovely. Only he is the one who we can point to and say he is without sin. But the rest of us, we lose our way. Jesus never lost his way because he kept his eye on the Father. And that's what I want us to look at today. And I'm going to call our attention to Psalm 32. I want to read it out of the King James, actually the new King James. I don't use the King James anymore simply because the these and thous and hans and cants and all of those English pronouns throw me and I have to spend more time explaining what words mean in the English and in the British English and the Old English than I do expounding the text. And so we have the new King James and I'm going to read it to you in just a moment, but I want to give you the context. Psalm 32 is a companion volume with Psalm 51. Of course, Psalm 51 is a great prayer of confession as David poured out his heart before God after his sin with Bathsheba. And you know the story. We won't go into that. But how I thank God that God in his mercy and forgiveness can forgive any sin. And he does. And he restored David. 
He wiped his sin away. He forgave him. He set him free. And David went on to finish the life that God had put him on this earth to do and to rule well in the kingdom. And so as we look at Psalm 32, it's not a prayer of confession. It's a praise for cleansing. As we find direction in our lives for God's will for our lives, we have to look very closely at a clean life and make sure that we've confessed and repented and turned from anything that is disobedience to God. Because God will not hear us in the sense of listening and answering us if we regard sin in our lives. Now that Psalm where it says, if I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That doesn't mean that God has suddenly gone deaf. It means that God's not going to pay attention. God's not going to readily be available to answer your prayer if you're walking in disobedience. That's not the way God works. Sometimes God blesses in spite of us, but that's not his design. But where it says in Psalm 66, 18, that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That is really a word picture in the Hebrew language. What it literally means is if I welcome sin as a house guest, if I have allowed him to set up housekeeping in my life, then God will not hear me. That's what that means. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. God had heard David's prayer because he had confessed his sin. And so in Psalm 32, we have the other side of the coin. And it's praise for cleansing. And so he begins with a blessing, not as a prayer of repentance, but as a blessing. And he said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. That is, is taken away, is wiped out. And this transgression, of course, in Psalm 51 is used, the same word, and it is the word avon. And it literally means to step out of bounds, to go where you shouldn't go. And that's what David did. He stepped out of bounds. He knew the law of God. You shall not covet another man's wife. You shall not commit adultery. He had written that with his own hand. That was part of what a king was to do, according to Moses and the Torah. And so David had written with his own hand, you shall not covet. You shall not covet another man's wife. You shall not commit adultery and take her to yourself. David's sin, like ours, is usually not ignorance. It is willful rebellion, and only those who know the Word of God know that there is no offering for deliberate, willful sin. But a man has to cast himself upon the mercy of God, on the chesed, the goodness of God. And that's exactly what David said. That's exactly what David did. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin, his falling short, is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will not impute iniquity. All three of those words for sin are used in Psalm 51, and God has a remedy for everyone. And the word in verse 2 for iniquity is the word for shame or guilt or to twist and distort, and God will not put that on our record when we turn to him in confession. Others may, but God will not. And in whose spirit there is no deceit, no guile. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. You see, when a person is under deep conviction of sin, 
It ages us. It causes the marrow of our bones not to function correctly. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. It was guilt and weight that was upon him. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. It brought about depression and fatigue in his life because he was carrying this big load. You see, carrying around sin and guilt that's unconfessed and willful rebellion against God and saying, I know what I need to do, but I'm not going to do it because they need to do this or someone else needs to do that. And when we do that, it is heavier than putting a hundred pound sack of feed on your back and carrying it around. It will wear you out. He said, I acknowledge my sin. I said, Lord, you know it. And my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause will everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. Oh, how we have often hid all of us. Maybe we didn't even recognize it, but I certainly have. I have hidden in the presence of Almighty God in his secret hiding place. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. God says, I will instruct you. Here is where we're going this week on finding direction. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Anyone who has a dad or a mom or a guardian who has ever given them the eye, you know exactly what that means. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to get up from where they're seated. They don't have to move in the room. All they have to do is cut their eyes at you, and you can either see pleasure or you can see disappointment, and you act and adjust accordingly. That's what he said. Do not be like the horse or like the mule which has no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. And we all know that, but when we've sinned, sorrow has come into our lives. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy, that is God's hesed, shall surround him, shall envelop him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright of heart. Now, I'm going to read that very quickly out of the New Living Translation. I want to read it to you in a dynamic translation and not so literal. And I want you to just listen. Just listen to how pleasant this is. And words of encouragement, I pray, as we begin to seek the will of God and the direction of God to get back on track this week. And I'm going to be breaking down how we can know God's direction for our life and know it without doubt Whatsoever. So I encourage you to tune in. Listen to this as the final thing today. Psalm 32, a psalm of David. Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Let me read that again. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable. I groaned all the day long. I moaned, I groaned, I complained. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy upon me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Salah. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Sila. 
think about that. Therefore, let all the godly confess their rebellion to you while there is time, that they may not be drowned in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Now think on that, Salah. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Now, let me read that again. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love, chesed, surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All you who obey him, shout for joy, all of you whose hearts are pure. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.